Imagine an aligned approach to the art of coaching, a perspective that blends both coaching and business mastery, all while honoring your vision, your values, and your intuition. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm Lee McDonough, an ICF credentialed coach, former therapist, and mentor for intuitive coaches and healers. I'll be your guide as you cultivate both the skill set and the mindset needed to transform your clients' lives and your own. Are you ready to be a coach with clarity? Then let's go. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm your host, Lee Shea McDonough, and I am so happy you are here joining me today for a very important conversation. We are about to dive into a topic that is vitally important and yet sometimes a little difficult to talk about. That's right, my friend. We are talking about money and specifically how to build a business in such a way where you are making a profit, you are supporting your lifestyle, and you're doing so in a way that feels good and that aligns with your personal value system. I have certainly had the experience in my own business journey of being taught business practices or being told to do things that just didn't sit well with me. It didn't feel good to engage in these practices in my business. And yet I was being told this was what I needed to do in order to be profitable and in order to be successful. And today I'm here to explore another way to approach business. And I have the great honor of welcoming anti-capitalist business coach, Stephanie Cleary on the show. Now, If the word capitalism made you pause, made you cringe, made you question, stay with me because in the first minutes of our interview, Stephanie provides such a concise and helpful way of explaining what capitalism is, what it isn't, and how we actually can use pieces of capitalism in our business in a way that supports our clients, allows us to grow a profitable business, and honors our value system. I think you are going to find this conversation fascinating. So let's get right to it. Come take a listen to my interview with Stephanie Cleary. Well, hello there, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I am too. And we have a lot to talk about. I know this is a really juicy topic. I have a lot of questions about it. But before we dive in, let's kind of learn a little bit about you. I am so curious about you and the work that you do for the world. Yeah, I am a money coach for entrepreneurs, which basically means that I work with business owners 50% on their business finances and money, like the actual nuts and bolts money, and then 50% with the human behind those numbers because we all know just dealing with the money part always ends in grief and dealing with the human emotions behind all of the money is really where the good stuff comes in. Yes, I love that. So it's really a holistic approach to money and finances where it's not just about the numbers and the bottom line, you're really looking at the whole person. Yes, exactly. One or the other, they don't work nearly as well as when you combine the two of them together. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious, have you always approached your work this way? What has your journey been like to get to this point in your business? So back in the day, I was a traditional financial planner and investment management person, and that was going to be my career. And I was 
helping essentially rich white people you know, mm-hmm. plan their retirements <laughs> and decided that that was not where I wanted to be going. You know, I was on the road to literally managing people's life savings. And that was just too much for me. I didn't want to do it. So I stopped doing that, kind of fumbled around for a while, got my life coaching certification. And then in 2020, I stumbled across this idea of anti-capitalism and was just like brain explosion. Holy moly. This just kind of brings everything together. The money parts that I loved and also the coaching and humanness behind everything. And I was like, yes, this is fantastic. I love it. All right. So I want to dive in a little deeper because when we talk about capitalism and anti-capitalism, I think a lot of us get confused. I know I do. Like those terms are still fairly new to me. And so before we really get into what that looks like, maybe let's spend a few minutes actually defining what is capitalism? Like, what are we talking about when we use that word in particular? So yeah, I look at big C versus little c capitalism. Little c capitalism is your econ 101 dictionary definition of capitalism, where the individual owns businesses and the market determines supply and demand. So it's not government owning the businesses or their outside influences deciding supply and demand. It's the individual owners. So that's little c capitalism, just, you know, very value neutral definition of capitalism. Big C capitalism is what we have here in the States where it's this idea of you charge as much as you possibly can, you keep your expenses as low as humanly possible, and then you essentially hoard the difference. So it's the very few keeping as much money as possible and everyone else doing without. And it usually ends up to this very extractive, you know, pulling natural resources, extractive labor practices, and ends up being a zero sum game. There's winners and there's losers. And that's just not very fun for the rest of us who (laughs) aren't the winners. So that's my definition or my differentiation between big C capitalism and little C capitalism. Okay. That is such a helpful way to think about capitalism because I know for me, what really tripped me up was when I would look at how to function in my business, I would think to myself, well, there are certain elements of what you've described as small C capitalism that kind of need to be there. I mean, this is a business. We do need to make money. I do need to support my family. And yet I was also facing a lot of anti-capitalism messaging and I couldn't figure out how to make both work. And so the way that you've described it is so helpful. So that small C value neutral capitalism, all that is are strategies and tactics that we can apply to economies, whether it's huge national economies or even little micro economies within our businesses and our lives. That's very different than the big C capitalism, which feels more like a social movement where it really is about winning at all costs, getting as much as you can for yourself, making sure that you have it all. And it's just not a very relationship-oriented, community-based way of 
working and living. And so I think this is really helpful. So when we're talking about anti-capitalism, we're really talking about anti-capital C capitalism, the way you've defined it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's about a much more, like you said, relational and holistic and whatever the opposite of zero sum game is where everyone gets to win and these small micro economies where we all raise each other up instead of just trying to grab, grab, grab as much as we possibly can, ignoring our neighbors, the environment, the rest of the general population. Yeah, you know, to me, and I know that these words are used a lot, maybe even overused, but they're really important here. This is where we're talking about abundance versus scarcity. So the idea of abundance is that there is enough for all and that we can all succeed. We can all win together. And it doesn't have to be, I win and you lose. It's both of us winning together versus that more scarcity mindset, which views something as a limited resource. There's only so much to go around. And so therefore I'm going to get as much of it as I can. And that is what big C capitalism is really anchored in. Whereas little C capitalism seems to be more neutral. Yes. The little C capitalism, like you said, is just one way of doing things. And that is the way that we do it here in the States, you know, so it's very much like we get to run our businesses how we want to run our businesses. And presumably you, Lee, and all of your listeners and followers, presumably because they're awesome people, are very much along the lines of we want to do this equitably. We want to do this so everyone wins and not I win, you lose. I feel like that's a pretty safe assumption. Yes, I thought so too. (laughs) (laughs) So let's dive into that a little more deeply then. From your perspective, what does an anti-capitalist approach to business look like? What are things that we should be considering and doing in our businesses to promote that anti-capitalist approach? Yeah, I would say a couple of things. One is kind of the main thing that covers a lot of bases is making sure that your pricing is where it needs to be in order to cover your true cost of doing business, including paying yourself a thriving wage, yourself and everyone underneath you a thriving wage. And a quick definition of thriving wage, I did not come up with this term. I heard it first from Toy Smith. I don't know if she originally coined it, You know, there's minimum wage, there's living wage, and then there's a thriving wage. Thriving wage is what we need to pay ourselves in order to absolutely thrive as humans. So there's enough money, not just for buying groceries and paying rent and paying your health insurance, but to actually have whatever hobbies you love, to be able to retire when you want to retire, go on vacation, you know, pay for your kids' college if that's something that you choose to do, you know, give to causes that you want to give to because we're not just robots that get up and work and go home and that's it. Like we want to be able to thrive as humans. So pricing your services so that you can pay yourself a thriving wage, you can pay your team a thriving wage, even if your team is you and a part-time VA or the designer that you hire or the photographer that you hire. Like we all have teams, even if we don't think of them traditionally as teams. So pricing your services so you can do all of these things and not be extractive from your VA, from your designers and 
extract it from yourself also. You know, you want to be able to live a wonderful and full life and not be working yourself to the bone. I love this idea of a thriving wage. That just feels so expansive to me. And I think what's particularly important is it's not just about you having the thriving wage. It's about everyone you're working with and compensating having a thriving wage too, so that we're not contributing to those exploitative business practices that capital C capitalism tends to promote. So I love that concept. It really resonates with me. And I'm also thinking about the fact that one of the questions I get asked more often than any other question really is, how do I price my services? I know pricing is a really tricky topic for a lot of coaches because they don't really know where to start. They don't know if they should underprice or overprice compared to other coaches out there, or should they be in the middle? Pricing just seems like this really sticky, nebulous topic. And so I think thinking about a thriving wage is a great place to start. And I'm wondering what other suggestions you might have for coaches who are currently struggling with pricing their offers. Yeah. So my very first nugget or something is it's not easy. Like this is one of the hardest things that you're going to have to struggle with. And anyone that tells you that you can just reduce it to a simple calculation or charge what you're worth or double your prices or anything like that is just no thank you. Just no thank you. So yeah, just, it's a little reductive. It is. Yes. So just know at the outset that this is a tough thing to try to figure out and it's always going to be moving. Like it's always going to be a moving target. So where I like to start with people just at the very beginning is figuring out how much you actually need to pay yourself at the end of the month you know, how much you want to be able to pay yourself and then work backwards to, okay, if I have a full roster, full roster of clients, meaning you're not working yourself to get the bone, you're not working 40 hours a week, you're working a comfortable regenerative amount, you know, that's good and sustainable for you. Okay. Let's say I can handle 10 clients a month. I have no idea. I'm just pulling numbers Mm -hmm. out of the air. Okay. And I need to pay myself X amount of dollars at the end of the month. Let's do the math. And that comes out to, let's just say $1,500 per client. Mm -hmm. And that's a place to start. And keeping in mind that, like we were just saying, you know, you have to pay your team, you have to pay all of these things and just backing into this price. And if that price then scares the crap out of you where you're like, oh my gosh, I could never pay that. Well, then we deal with those emotions and we figure out how to build packages that you might actually be able to deliver that value or, oh my gosh, that's actually not that much. Like I could maybe take on less clients. So it's interesting when people actually do the math that usually one of two things happens. They're like, oh, I can't charge that much or, oh, I don't need to be taking on as many clients as I thought I needed or, oh my gosh, that's so many clients. I'd have to work 40 hours a week. And then we adjust from there. So it is just this whole, almost a numbers game, but it's just kind of all of these different moving parts and you have to figure out what combination of them works for you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I almost feel like the first step is a bit of a numbers game where you're looking at what you need and what your capacity is and you're coming up with a number from there. But then the second part is almost anything but a numbers game because that's where we're dealing with the emotional side of 
stating your rate and asking people to pay you. And that can bring up a lot for people, especially for coaches. Yeah. And I'm sure that you've seen it in the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if you're a product-based business, like it's sometimes a lot easier for product-based businesses to, okay, yep, these are the costs of my supplies. I double that for my wholesale. I double that for my retail. Like there is, it's much more formulaic where if it's a service-based business and it's not about your cost of goods, it's about how much value you bring. Like that's a really touchy subject for a lot of people because especially people who identify as women who were brought up as a woman, you know, putting value on your skills that are traditionally undervalued, service-based skills, like that's tough. That is really tough. Yes, especially because so many of us have been socialized to believe that these are things we should be doing out of the goodness of our heart. This is what makes us a good person. And so the idea that what we have is a skill that has value that we then want to turn around and provide for others in exchange for compensation really flies in the face of what we've been told, which is, no, 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 no. You should just be doing this because A, that's what a good girl does, or B, you know, you don't want to be greedy or selfish. Yeah. It's hard to just like stand up and be like, these are my skills. This is a valuable skill that I have to bring to the world. And I expect to be paid accordingly. Like that's tough. It is. And then it gets even trickier when people are like, and this is one of my least favorite phrases out there right now. But when people are saying charge your worth, Oh, I'm glad that bothers you. That just irks me to no end. This idea that we should be charging our worth, I just think is so toxic and so detrimental and really gets away from any sort of neutrality that we're looking for when it comes to pricing. Yes, because we're human beings. Our worth is incalculable. You know, there's no dollar value that you can put on the worth of a human person. So telling people to charge their worth, it's just, in my mind, asking for trouble and heartache and way more trouble than it's worth. You do need to put a dollar value on the value of your work that you bring to other people. It's not you as a person, it's your work and how it impacts others' lives. Like that can definitely have a dollar value put to it. Yes. I think that's an important distinction because... I love what you said. Your worth is incalculable. You know, it cannot be limited to a dollar sign or really any sort of data. I mean, as human beings, we're just so much more expansive than that. And yet at the end of the day in our businesses, we do have to have some sort of compensation structure that reflects the value of our work. But that idea of separating the work and the outcome and the result from the self That's a big one. And I suspect that's at the core of a lot of mindset work that coaches and service-based entrepreneurs need to be doing. And so I'm really curious, Stephanie, what your thoughts are around this idea of money mindset. Again, another buzz phrase in our industry right now. So I almost hesitate to say it. And yet it really is an important part of what we do as business owners. Yeah. And I'm so over the money mindset. I'm over it. As you were saying, money mindset, I like inwardly groaned. I'm like, no, like enough, (laughs) enough with the money mindset. And it's like, 
my retort to that money mindset phrase, I'm like, is it money mindset or is it learned and understandable and completely valid experiences that you've had with money that cause you to feel certain ways about asking for money, putting a dollar value on your work. Like we don't just pull these big air quote, limiting beliefs out of thin air. Like they're learned, they're there for a reason and they're trying their hardest to protect you. That's not mindset. That's learned lived experiences that we need to actually deal with. Oh, I love that so much because in the work that I do with my clients and my students, the approach I take to mindset work is that we're looking at how we relate to our internal landscape, how we relate to our thoughts and our feelings. And mindset work is not about just blanketly accepting or rejecting certain thoughts. It's about creating space for them and then also trying to understand why they are there. Because I believe at our core, our minds are not out to get us. They're not out to ruin us. Like you said, safety, stability, security, that is what the mind craves. And it will do whatever it takes to foster that in a person. And if it really needs to get your attention, your mind is going to gravitate towards painful, unwanted thoughts and emotions because that works. That works. And so, so much of the mindset work is really coming from a place of self-protection. And when we approach it from that lens, I think that allows us to be more compassionate, more understanding, and then it empowers us to decide is this serving me right now? Is this really keeping me safe or is this keeping me stuck? Yeah. And what you get to do is instead of just banging your head against the wall of like, I need to change my mindset and like kind of trying to strong arm yourself into changing my thoughts. I'm going to change my thoughts. Like let's pause, let's pump the brakes for half a second and like sit with those thoughts and feelings that come up And like you were saying, try to understand them and understand the version of you that's throwing up those thoughts, the version of you that doesn't feel safe asking for a $2,000 coaching package. I'm just throwing out numbers again, but you know, like what doesn't feel safe? Let's tend to that and let's try to understand where that part of us is coming and do what we need to do in order to foster that safety, to grow that not resilience, that's the wrong word. I can't think of the word that I'm trying to put my finger on, but like to grow the ability to actually stay with those feelings and do what we need to do in order to feel safe and move forward more successfully and more sustainably. Yes. And as you were saying that, what I realized is that money is really just a proxy then for all of the stuff underneath (laughs) it. (laughs) Like certainly our relationship with money and how we operate in our businesses is a reflection of that. But if we peel back the layers, we're going to find deeper messages often, which have been kind of programmed into us by well-intentioned parents and by society. And we've kind of taken that as truth. And so now we're being asked to rethink, well, what is true and what is true for me? Yeah. Because in our society, you know, money equals power equals representation. It equals safety. Three things which Again, women in general and basically anyone who's not a cishet white man, you know, we have just such an easygoing and lackadaisical relationship with power and stability and safety. Like, come on now. Like, 
let's I would, let's call a spade a spade and be like, yeah, there's stuff here that we actually need to deal with and not just try to sweep it under the money mindset rug. Agreed. Agreed wholeheartedly. So Stephanie, I'm curious what kind of general guidance you might offer then to coaches who are really trying to figure out where to begin with this. They want to reject the capital C capitalism concepts that we've talked about today. They want to approach quote unquote money mindset work from a place that is more holistic. Where would you suggest that coaches begin? I would say to just start with your values and start with what matters to you, like what matters to you as a person, how you want to operate as a business owner and make sure that you bake those values in, into your pricing, into your business, how you're operating, which I know just sounds very nebulous, but that's where you have to start is what matters to you and how you want to operate and letting that guide you where you go with your pricing and how you deal with all of the stuff that comes up. You know, do you want it to be rigid and placed on you, you know, taking in all of these outside expectations, or do you want it to come from a more holistic, personal value-based place? So you're speaking my language, 100%. (laughs) Values work is often where I start with my clients. I talk about the three M's, meaning mindset and mindfulness, and you can really start at any one of those points. But in coaching in particular, I find starting with meaning and really clarifying your values and then looking at how your values can inform your decisions and your actions, that's such a natural starting point. So I love that that is also a starting point for people with their relationship with anti-capitalism and with money. So get really clear on what do you stand for? What do you want to be known for? What matters to you? And then let's think about how to make that manifest through the choices that you're making in your business. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. (laughs) We are just so in sync. I'm loving it. Yes, we are. (laughs) I love it. And I have so enjoyed this conversation too. Stephanie, thank you so much. I know that the people who are listening in right now are going to want to learn more about you and the work that you do. So where is the best place for them to find you? The absolute best place to find me is on Instagram. That's where I do all of my hanging out. You can find me at, at with Stephanie Cleary. That's where I hang out. And I would absolutely love to meet you. You guys come on in, send me a DM, tell me where you came from. Tell me that Lee sent you. And I can't wait to chat with you all. Well, we will make sure that we have a link to your Instagram profile in the show notes. Go follow Stephanie right now. Start a conversation with her. I promise you she is delightful. You will love talking to her. And Stephanie, I am just so thankful that you have taken so much time out of your business to be on the Coach with Clarity podcast. It's been quite a journey, but we are here and I am so grateful. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. I don't know about you, but I really had one of those mind-blowing moments when Stephanie differentiated between big C capitalism and little c capitalism. For me, that was the moment where everything just came together and I realized, okay, there are foundational business principles in little c capitalism that we need to understand and implement in our business. And yet we can do that while rejecting those capital C principles of capitalism, the one that require you to make money at all costs and to prioritize profit over people 
we can say no to that and still have successful businesses. And Stephanie, I think, has really given us a lot of food for thought as we consider how we want our businesses to operate. It is possible to be profitable without having to buy into the standard practices that don't feel value aligned. So I'm just so grateful for Stephanie's time, her wisdom, and again, be sure to go check her out on Instagram, and I suspect you'll find a lot of value in what she has to share over there. So not only am I grateful to Stephanie, I'm grateful to you. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week to the Coach with Clarity podcast. And the easiest way to make sure you get all of the newest episodes of the Coach with Clarity podcast in your feed is to follow or subscribe to the show. Now, depending on where you listen to your podcasts, you'll either see an option to follow the show or subscribe to the show. They both mean the same thing. It is an absolutely free way for you to sign up so that when a new episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast drops, it shows up automatically in your feed. So if you haven't already taken the time to do that, do me a favor, take five seconds and go ahead and follow the show. And if you've already done that, well, thank you so much. That means the world to me. And might I ask that you share the show with a friend. In coaching, word of mouth and personal referrals is one of the best ways to build a business. And the same holds true with podcasts. We can grow our community of innovative, intuitive coaches simply by sharing these resources with each other. So if you know a coach that would benefit from the Coach with Clarity podcast, I would be so honored if you would share the show with them. All right, friends, that's it for me this week, but you know it, I'll be back in your feed next week with another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. So until then, my name is Lisha McDonough, reminding you to get out there and show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity. Thanks for listening to the Coach with Clarity podcast. Be sure to visit coachwithclarity.com for detailed show notes and bonus material just for podcast listeners. Did you enjoy today's podcast? If so, then I invite you to check out the Coach with Clarity membership program exclusively for intuitive coaches ready to master both the business and the craft of coaching. You'll discover monthly hot seat coaching calls, Q&A sessions, and guest expert trainings, as well as the most supportive and innovative community of coaches out there. If you're ready to take your coaching to the next level, then you're ready for the Coach with Clarity membership. Learn more at coachwithclarity.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you know a coach who could use a little clarity in their work and life, then please share this episode with them. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. Until then, go show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity.